Blog Talk Radio. What we're going to do today on Chicago's Legal Latte is uh, kick off a short series of discussions um, that are driven by the uh, COVID-19 pandemic that is uh, uh, in the market at the moment that's affecting just about everyone in one way or another. And uh, then in subsequent conversations, we'll talk about some of the specific uh, relief acts around that particular instance. Hi, everybody. This is Jim Mitchell, and um, uh, joining me for the discussions uh, will be Ted McGann, who is the managing partner at LaBelle Law and a uh, member of the uh, attorney team there, uh, shareholder as well, is uh, Lance Bell, and he's going to join us uh, throughout the conversation as well with his background in employment law. So first of all, uh, Ted, uh, thanks for taking the time. I know this is a very unusual time, and I'm sure it's uh, you're encountering things you haven't seen before. Yeah. No doubt about that. This is a strange time, and certainly a lot of issues being presented for uh, our clients. Uh, very challenging times for employers. And I know we've got uh, Lance with us as well. And Lance, uh, we we're just talking with Ted a little bit about how unusual this this particular period is. You've dealt with employers for many years in your career. Are you starting to see and hear stories that um, are really kind of new and unique under the circumstances? Not so much yet. I think a lot of people are still digesting it and aren't really sure what the legislation says um, and what kind of things they can and cannot do to employers just because it is a unique situation. I think a lot of companies are just kind of trying to do business as usual, and then as things happen, I think that's where you'll start seeing more of these questions pop up. Well, today we're going to take a look at some of the, the basics of uh, employment law and some of the things that uh, exist in relationships between employers and employees. And one of the terms that always comes up is at-will employment here in the state of Illinois. Can, can one of you share with me a little bit about what that term means? Hey, Jim, before we jump in, let me just, I just want to say that you know certainly we recognize that employers have many factors to consider, many non-legal factors, that is, to consider when they're consider, you know, looking at whether they want to lay off an employee or terminate an employee. You know, we're just going to talk about the legal rights and obligations today, and certainly every business, they need to weigh all of the, the business factors and non-legal factors, but uh, I just want to kind of give that out a little bit of perspective. So a lot of the, you know, there's many issues that employers got to consider, but, but getting to your question about at-will employment, uh, versus uh, an employment relationship for a set term. I mean, most relationships are at will, and I'll let Lance jump in here in a second, but what that means is that employers or employees can end that relationship at any time for any reason as long as it's not based upon some sort of discriminatory motivation. And, you know, Lance, you go ahead and add to my little definition there if you wish. Um, you know, I think the only question that really comes up with that is, right now in the situation we're facing is in light of the legislation, which I know Ted's going to discuss tomorrow and I'll sit in on that as well, is, you know, can I really fire somebody given the current circumstances? And, you know, our opinion is that has not changed with one little caveat that we can discuss tomorrow relative to the legislation. But no, I mean, the current status doesn't change the at-will employment status of an employee in Illinois. Well, that's a great question as you phrase it there, Lance. I mean, and, and just play it back for you that perhaps one of you can answer is when when can an employer terminate an employee in an at-will state? Go ahead, Lance. Well, the easy, when can't they? 
you know, when can as they? long as it's not, you know, it can't be for a discriminatory reason. In other words, it can't be because mm-hmm. of their race, religion, national origin, sex, marital status, things of that nature. Um, those are the big ones. I mean, as long as it's not discriminatory, the other one that comes into play is it can't be done in retaliation for an employee exercising certain statutory rights that they may have under the law. But if I can add real quick, Jim, uh, you know, an employer, aside from those reasons, an employer can terminate that relationship at any time. You know, if they uh, if, if productivity is low, the clients or their customers are low, and they don't have a whole lot of business going on, if they're dealing with an at-will employment relationship, that employer has the right to end that relationship. And you mentioned, you made a great point at the beginning, Ted, that um, certainly there's many circumstances that go into a decision like this, and uh, there's a human element as well. But but in this instance, should an employer decide to uh, to terminate an employee or a group of employees, um, is there any notification notice up front that's required, or is this simply something that can be done and, and executed immediately? Well, absent any sort of written contract, which, you know, the overwhelming majority of employment relationships, there are no written contracts. Uh, but if there, there is no written contract, there really is no notice period required. Now, certainly, uh, you know, from a non-legal standpoint, would it be, you know, a good policy to do that? Certainly, uh, that may be a good idea. But, you know, again, that, that gets into the non-legal factors. Legally, there mm-hmm. there is no obligation to send out any sort of advance notice if an employer is going to terminate that relationship. Now, when this occurs um, and a relationship is terminated, um, what empl- what obligation does the employer have to the employee once the termination goes into effect with regard to you know any wages that may be due, insurance and benefits? Um, wh- what do they have to live up to? Lance, go ahead and take that. So, under the you know the big one that people run across is the Wage Payment and Collection Act, which defines the term final compensation. So, when an employee departs, they are still entitled to receive you know their pay up and through their their date of termination, whether that comes on the most current paycheck coming up or the one after it, depending how a pay period is structured. Um, Vacation time is kind of the big one that I run across a lot that's disputed, Um, and this, you know, goes into whether there's a handbook that describes this, but any unused vacation has to be paid out on the final paycheck. And then the last big one that I run across is commissions and or bonuses, Um, and again, those tend to be somewhat disputed um, just because when does the commission become due, when is a bonus due. Um, and again, good handbook or in contract will address that. But those are the three big ones. That's the biggest obligation is paying the person. Um, then there is the continuation of some benefits like um, health, medical, that kind of thing. Other group benefits can terminate, and there may or may not be an election for the employee to continue those benefits. But the medical you know, falls under COBRA. They can continue it if they pay the premiums. We're, um, we're talking with uh, some of the attorneys from Lavelle Law today on a uh, podcast, and we're taking a look at some of the responsibilities of employers uh, in the current 
economic environment, the legal responsibilities of employers as uh, we're starting to see some job and staff reductions in various companies because of the COVID-19 pandemic, and we're getting some information. But let me point you over to LavelleLaw.com because there's going to be plenty of things we can't get to today, and uh, certainly the information you can find there, both uh, information about Ted and Lance, uh, their backgrounds, their practices, and many articles and past podcasts on this would be a great source of information. But uh, also feel free to give them a call at 847-705-7555. Now, in in my head as we had this conversation so far, gentlemen, I've I've sort of envisioned uh, full-time employees when we're talking about salary and benefits and such. Are obligations different or uh, less severe for part-time employees, or does it all fall under the same guise? Well, I think it falls under the same analysis, whether you're full-time or part-time. I suppose it may impact what that employer's obligation would be to the employee upon termination, but it's really the same analysis. Are they are they at-will? If they're an at-will employee, then that employer has that right to take that action if that's what the employer thinks is best for the business. And once an employee is terminated, are all employees eligible for unemployment? Yeah, Lance, go ahead. Why don't you jump on that issue? So I'll address this two ways. First of all, no um, is the easy answer. Um, An employee that voluntarily leaves his position without good cause attributable to the employer is not eligible for uh, unemployment. So if I just quit my job tomorrow, Um, and Lavelle was doing everything that they were supposed to be doing in our employment relationship, I would not be eligible for unemployment. Um, If Lavelle wasn't paying me or something along those lines, then that might be good cause and I might collect unemployment. The other place where you are not eligible for unemployment is uh, misconduct, which is, uh, you know, the, the technical definition is, a repeated violation of a reasonable rule or policy. Um, So if you have an employee that's chronically tardy and you warn them and tell them and you ultimately terminate them for that behavior, um, they would not be eligible for unemployment because they've engaged in misconduct. But, Jim, if I can just add, I mean, in this setting today, what's going on out there with employers, you know, being forced to lay many employees off because of, you know, that there's no business, there's no customers, you know, those sort of circumstances and employees laid off, they would be generally eligible for unemployment. And then there's another topic I want to bring up, which is kind of somewhat related. Uh, I don't know if Lance sees this, but I'm hearing this, this term furlough, it's not really a, so much a legal term. I, I think what the uh, ex, you know the, the understanding of that term means is that an employer is temporarily uh, terminating that employment relationship with the expectation or the hope that in the future, when business turns around, that employer would then you know rehire or bring that employee back. Uh, you know, in that scenario, that employee would still be considered to be, you know, that employment relationship would have ended and that employee would be eligible to to, to file for unemployment. I, I don't know, Lance, would you have any thoughts on that? No, that's totally accurate. The only thing that I will add to that is that in terms of these furlough situations, um, normally when a person's unemployed, unemployed part of, and they receive unemployment, part of their 
deal in getting unemployment is they have to actively be seeking work. Um, the, some of the changes right now are the big change that I've seen is when you have a furloughed employee, they no longer, if they're furloughed, don't have to register and don't have to actively be seeking work because the expectation is, as Ted indicated, when this all blows over, they will be returning to their jobs. So it's really more of a temporary unemployment as opposed to a permanent un unemployment where you, you know, need to be actively looking for work. But to clarify, even if that term furlough is used, and Ted, you indicated it may not be a technical legal term, but if that's the expectation, is the employer under any obligation if they do begin to rehire that they have to bring those employees back, or can they begin hiring other employees? Well, I think it depends on how it's you know, phrased and presented to the employee. I think you're starting to get in not so much employer-employee issues, but just contract issues. If an employer makes a promise, an employee in reliance upon that promise, maybe doesn't go out there and seek other employment. You know, is if that employer later on doesn't rehire, is that a breach of promise? Uh, so I think it depends on how it's really presented to that employee. I think the best way is to say, you know, uh, you know, in the future I would consider bringing you back on, but you know, I can't make any promises. It's something along those lines. I think is the best way it should be presented. Now, another thing we should address real quickly, I, I think, is you know, employers worried about unemployment. You know that doesn't really lead to a direct cost to the employer. Now it impacts their contribution rate in the future, but it's not when a, when an employee qualifies for unemployment. It's not like the employer gets a check and the employer has to pay that employee directly. It it goes through the Illinois Department of Employment Security. Uh, it, it does impact the employer, but but more indirectly. Um, we've got a minute left, so I hate to do this to you. I'm going to throw a little different topic and just get a very short answer from one of you because many companies in recent years have gone to using contract employees, whether they're part or even full-time. They're not actual employees. They're contractors. Do they have the same responsibilities to those contractors? Under unemployment law, no. Independent contractors are considered to be running their own business. Therefore, they're not employees of the company, and unemployment does not kick in for independent contractors. Now, I would add real quickly, they've got to be careful because many employers tend to try to, you know, characterize a relationship as that being an independent contractor. But when you really get behind it, you look at it closely, it may be an employer-employee relationship so that could be a potential issue that that employer may have to deal with. Well, uh, Ted Lance, thank you both very much for being here today. Um, and this is, as I said, just part one. We're going to continue conversation tomorrow as we talk about the Families First Act and get into some of the specific details of that change uh, under the COVID-19 circumstance. So uh, we'll talk to you more. And, uh, again, uh, direct everyone over to lavellelaw.com for many other podcast articles and information on these and a number of other topics. Thanks for being with us today.